faster than expected. Abrupt climate change and the consequences for us and other living beings on our Earth. No one should be alone in the greatest challenge of our time. Thanks to Laura Upshaw for African Drum Dance on YouTube. Here's your host, Wolfgang Werminghausen. Hi everybody. Welcome to my new podcast episode, As If, One Year to Live, Part 2. I very much look forward to hearing the other people's perspective. It's, you, you've asked the question. It's a difficult question and you've asked it. And I think we all need to step up. It's the time for elders now to tell the truth. Thank you, Kevin. I have asked, imagine you know your death date about one year in the future. What is most important in your life? What do you want to do? We try to accept that even the human species will go extinct in a short period of time. But we don't know exactly how that's going to happen. Uncertainty is hard to endure. I have already recorded my own thoughts facing death in the first part of As If One Year to Live. You'll find a link in the show notes faster than expected dot one slash FTE three four faster than expected dot one slash FTE three four Now we start with Barbara Howry. What does she think when she knows her date of death? Barbara is German too, but we are talking in English. We are both psychologists and psychotherapists. We know each other through internet, mainly near-term human extinction groups in Facebook, and we have met in person some weeks before this interview. Independently of each other, we have both started our last imaginary year. Barbara is inspired by Stephen Levine and talks about outer and inner work. Welcome, Barbara, in my podcast episode. I'm really happy to have you in my, my podcast episode. And uh, I, I don't know what you like to reveal to the public from, from your person. I, um, you're German, you're living in Germany. And some weeks ago, we, we um, met in person. Up to then, we, we only had contact uh, through internet or telephone line. And I know you lived in the United States and you're a psychotherapist. I don't know what do you want to tell us about you. <laughs> okay. I take this as a hint. Um, yes, well, first of all, thank you for inviting me to the podcast. Um, I, yes, I do live in Germany. I've lived only for a short time in the United States. Uh, this is a long time ago, uh, as a, um, student in high school, but I did return several times and I did my thesis at the University of Washington in Seattle. Mm -hmm. So, um, yes, I spent some time in the U.S. and, um, I'm... Uh, happy to 
to be part of this talk about uh, this last year. Mm -hmm. um, and we are both both uh, dealing with abrupt climate change and uh, death and dying and uh, extinction. Um, and today we, we want to make a little thought experiment in this little uh, um, series about uh, as if one year to live. And um, as we, as I, when I invited you, uh, we we talked about that you had uh, had this idea independently from me, and um, you you had another book that inspired you. Do you like to talk a little about which book it has been? Yes. Um, well. I, I realized I didn't uh, quite answer the a question about my job before, and I want to start there. I, um, I am a psychologist and a psychotherapist, but I am not working anymore. And uh, I sold my practice in 2018. One of the reasons, but not the main reason, was... Um, becoming aware of the situation that the planet is in. And um, since then, I've been looking for something new that I can do that um, is more meanif meaningful for me um, in the face of what I am aware of, meaning the predicament uh, we're in. So... A while ago, I saw this was actually from one of the uh, near-term human extinction Facebook groups. Somebody mentioned a book called uh, A Year to Live, written by Stephen Levine. And it sounded very intriguing. And I got the book and I thought this is a very, very good book for um, preparation of death and dying. And, and inspired me to do the same thing that you're doing now uh, in a different way. Uh, what you've told me about the book that you've read, mm -hmm. uh, I think the Stephen Levine book is a lot about inner work. And I will tell you a little bit about it later when I tell you what my, um, my bucket list is for this last year because I divided it into inner and outer things that I want to do. But uh, it, it definitely is a book uh, worth reading, I think. Okay, uh, we, we can have a link uh, to this book in, in the show notes of this episode. Mm -hmm. And um, because you have your imaginary death date, I don't have to ask you to, to imagine it now. You already have it. Right. Um, you have one more year to live. And in this year, what is most important for you in your life? And what do you want to do? Yeah. Um, I hope this is okay if I say, oh, what happened to me the moment when I thought about uh, living just one more year? Yes, of course. <laughs> okay. At, at first, 
I realized I was trying to negotiate and bargain a little bit because I pushed out the date uh, another two weeks. And um, then at first I thought, oh, there isn't that much on my bucket list. Uh, but after a short time, I had all these things show up that I thought, oh, I want to go travel here and there to these exotic destinations. And then I calmed myself down and said, no, this is not really what's uh, that important anymore. Um, so I narrowed down my list again. And... Um, I separated it into the outer and inner tasks. Mm -hmm. So the uh, outer things are spending even more time in nature than I do right now. Um, more consciously enjoy food, uh, music, art. Um, another thing would be spending more time with family and friends. I also had this urge to declutter, I call it, meaning clearing out uh, old stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, you've mentioned you had this too, and I think maybe it's a preparation of letting go of, of whatever is uh, around you, because letting go is part mm -hmm. of dying. Mm -hmm. Um, I love painting, so I definitely want to paint more. Uh, then I have a keyboard and my a piano kind of keyboard in my bedroom. I haven't played it in a long, long time, and there's this one piece of music that I thought, that's the one I want to learn. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and the last thing on the outer kind of things that I wanted to do was uh, I narrowed down all the trips that, you know, seemed very important in the beginning and then became not so important to one trip to the mountains. Since I live by the seaside, uh, the mountains also mean a lot to me. And this is a trip to Austria that I would like to do to a place uh, where I once spent um, several life-changing months mm -hmm. now we'll see if i i get to do all those things and um <laughs> in the 12 months but um that is my bucket list on that side and then i made a list of things concerning the inner work and um, this is more inspired also by the Stephen Levine book, because that's what he is focused on. Uh, I would like to journal during that last year uh, to take note of what's happening to me. And who knows, maybe if the year extends to a longer period of time, um, it, it will be good for me later on to look at it again. I would like to do a life review. Um, that means looking at all the things that have happened in my life and kind of heal wounds or um, 
remember, you know, have the good memories come up too. Uh, and the third thing, I think that's very important, is healing relationships. Mm -hmm. And this, in, I, I really like this approach in the book. This is a meditative exercise where you go into meditation, you visualize meeting with certain people, and there's, uh, on one hand, the meditations that are gratefulness where you tell those people that you have good relationships with you know how grateful you are for uh, what they've given you or what they've brought into your life. And then there's the forgiveness meditations where you forgive people who have not done you good or whatever, but also you ask for forgiveness in meditations or with people that um, you think you've done them wrong. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the first step if it leads to actually meeting these people in, in this one year and talking to them, that would be even better. Uh, I don't know if it will happen, but I thought that was a great um, inspiration. So those are the things I attempt to do. Uh, I hope that doing this one year will also help me face and accept my death, my mortality more. Mm -hmm. And and the mortality of everything around us because I noticed the moment that I awakened to this the situation that we're in when I became aware of it, I started, like in the summer, I would try to save the bees from the rain when the bumblebees got in the rain and I would go and rescue them. And um, it... I kept trying to save everything that's out there. And I have to accept that we all have a, a life cycle. And so I, I hope this helps me um, deal with the situation we're in. Oh, thank you, Mahara, for all your <laughs> uh, ideas and visions and and so on. I, I'm sure this will inspire many, many people who are dealing with death and dying. Thank right. you very much to, to have you on my podcast. And I want to say goodbye. Thank you for inviting me and putting the pressure on. So I really will do this. <laughs> Thank you. And here comes Kevin talking about his imaginary last year. Kevin Hester from Rakino Island, near Auckland, New Zealand. Kevin's final active rebellion is planting trees, and he emphasizes that we have a moral obligation for the young generation. Welcome, Kevin, to, to my new podcast episode about As If One Year to Live. You are the, the first uh, who I interview. I've uh, recorded uh, 
one episode by myself and I I try to collect some some answers to this question what what you will uh, what you want to do what's most important if you know what's your death date um, first I want to introduce you um, very short um, you're living on Rakino Island it's uh, near Auckland and uh, you are a long-term environmental activist and a keen ocean sailor you you have a blog on Kevin Hester.life, is it right? Yes, that's correct. And and you are uh, since, no, I think, uh, minimum a year host of the Nature Bats last radio show, maybe more. Yes. Yes, the last two years I took over hosting, and now I'm co-hosting with the original, the originator of the show, Professor Guy McPherson. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll have uh, links in the show notes of this episode, so everybody can find uh, this show, Nature Bats Last, or or your blog. And now we are going to to have a, a short experiment of thought. And uh, I'm please um, imagine you have a death date. We both are dealing with death uh, and extinction anyway. On a daily basis, but we don't—we really don't know how it will unravel uh, exactly. So please try to imagine you have your death date. Maybe one year. In one year, you have one more year to live. And what's most important for you in life, and what do you want to do? I'm fully aware of the ecological Armageddon that's unfolding on our planet. I've spent a lot of time being involved in environmental issues, and in the last six or seven years it's come to my attention that we've gone off the cliff and we're heading into the abyss. I've been to 50 countries in my life. I used to be an ocean sailor, and I did a lot of sailing around the planet, and I did a lot of overlanding and in a truck in Africa, and a van in, in Europe. I did 30,000 kilometers in an old combi van in Europe. Mm -hmm. I've had a really good look around the planet, and I am living today in exactly the place of my choice on the planet. And I know that is in a, a position of extreme privilege. But it also happens to be only 15 miles away from the, the house that I was born in. I was born in Auckland City, and I live on this beautiful island just outside of Auckland City. And I'm trying to spend as much time as I possibly can in nature, immersed with nature, and helping nature whilst it is still in the condition that it is in today. So that's my plan, is to spend as much time in nature as I can, and coincidentally, a lot less time on social media and on the computer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And you're um, um, voluntarily working in a nursery for trees, I, I think. Yes, that's right. Some fantastic friends of mine on the island have started a not-for-profit nursery on a rewilding project. And there's a famous quote from a man called Edward Abbey who said, action is the antidote to despair. Hmm. So 
so my way to, to assimilate this knowledge and still stay sane is to go out and my final act of rebellion is to try and keep planting trees, even though I know, even though I know what's unfolding and where it's all going to end. It's, it's my way to pay homage to Gaia and carry on things that we, we could have and should have been doing all our lives, irrespective of being attached to the outcome. Mm. I think there is a parallel in, in our lives. Uh, um, it's a bit, bit, bit different. The first thing uh, that has come to my, my mind in, with this question, what, uh, what will I do if I know that, that I have one more year to live? Um, I go on raising up my children. It's uh, absolutely... Uh, it's no question. I, I've uh, had this uh, decision uh, years ago, and I think that you are living uh, in, in a similar kind. You you don't have children, or you're, you're not living with children. I don't know, and uh, you do it what you have done before, and uh, you uh, go on. I'm continuing my advocacy about climate change because there are still things that we can do. And I think that the subject of children is a critically important one. This set of living arrangements is going away, and it's going to go away very soon. What I'm advocating for at the moment is for the curriculum at the schools to be completely overturned. We should be teaching at the schools resilience. We should be teaching practical skills. All the skills around that I know in the developed world are all oriented about churning out young people as cogs in the wheel of industrial civilization. That is a pointless exercise at this, at this stage of the unraveling. What we should be doing is encouraging, encouraging young people to develop basic practical survival skills. Forget about accounting. Forget about mm. IT. Forget about becoming a lawyer. None of that stuff is going to exist in, in the very, very near future. Oh, thank you, oh, thank you. Kevin. Kevin. I, I think I... this short interview, we can, can stop it here really good. That's a really important topic. <laughs> And so we keep it in mind. Thank you very much for, for, for your... Oh, I don't know if it's vision or uh, for for your voice in this case. I very much look forward to hearing the other people's perspective. It's you, You've asked the question. It's a difficult question and you've asked it. And I think we all need to step up. It's the time for elders now to tell the truth yes. to the last generation of youth. Okay, let's take it like that. Faster than expected. Thanks to Laura Upshaw for African Drum Dance on YouTube. If you like my podcast, please share it on social media. You'll find a link to subscribe and more information in the show notes at faster than expected.one. Take care.